Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi bidhikrihi tatma'innul qulub Wabifadlihi wa rahmatihi tukfarul dhunub Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Allahumma salli wa sallim wa zid wa barik Ala sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh All praise due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Who put tranquility in the hearts of the believers and may his peace and blessings be upon our beloved Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Widespread panic and fear, lockdowns, travel bans, separation from loved ones, loss of livelihood, life-threatening illnesses, closure of masajid. These are some of the terms that we have become familiar with, but not because of the coronavirus. It's because it's been the lived experience of our Ummah at large in places like Kashmir, India, East Turkestan, Syria, Palestine, Iraq, Afghanistan and other places around the Muslim world for many many decades. The latest calamity that has befallen upon us is a little different though. It has reached our shores. It is something which is unseen. And we've seen with our own eyes lockdowns, travel bans, closure of public places, closure of masajid. But this time it is different. This time it is at our doorstep. And we're all feeling it on a very personal level because we may know or have in a very real way been affected by what's been happening around us, whether it be the loss of a job, whether it be knowing someone that has been infected by this virus or been affected by the general hysteria that we've been experiencing uh, in the public. Now this is just a small, very small example of a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nor, nor will this be the last time that we are tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For indeed the prophets of the past were tested. The generations before us were tested. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum were tested uh, by things similar to this. And one such case that they were um, experiencing that was very similar to what we are experiencing today is the plague of Amawas. With regards to the plague, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Annahu adhabun yab'athuhu Allahu ala man yasha. That with regards to the ta'un or the plague, it can be seen as a punishment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends upon whom he wills. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made it a mercy for the believers. During this plague of Amawas, it was at the time of Umar bin Khattab radiallahu an. And during his khilafah, in the 18th year after the hijrah of the Prophet ﷺ, the frontiers of Islam began to expand and it began to expand in places like Palestine. At this point, Palestine had been opened, Jerusalem had been opened by Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar ibn al-Khattab. And during this expansion, the Muslims, they had heard news of this plague that had afflicted a town in Bilad al-Sham called Amawas. Or Amwas. And Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu, he got wind of this. And after he heard about this, 
he decided to go and see and assess the situation himself. So he packed his bags from Medina and he went to Bilad al-Sham. And at the border of the Hijaz and al-Sham, Umar ibn Khattab, he met with the Muslim army. And amongst them was Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah. Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an, he asked them about the situation that was unfolding in Bilad al-Sham. And they told him about this news, about this plague that was afflicting uh, the people of the town. Many people had been killed by it. And Umar bin Khattab had consulted with the senior companions. And after a long dis- discussion, after a long consultation, Umar bin Khattab, he decides to pack his bags and return back to Medina. Abu, B- Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah radiallahu an, he's not happy with this decision and he says to Umar bin Khattab, Afiraran min qadarillah, are you running or fleeing from the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Umar bin Khattab, he says to him, Law kana min ghayrika ya Abu Ubaidah. Right? He says, if only it had been from another person other than you, O Abu Ubaidah. Because remember, Abu Ubaidah was one of the Ahad al-Mubashirina, Ashar al-Mubashirina bil-Jannah. He was the Amin, هذه الأمة. You know, the Prophet ﷺ said, لِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ أَمِين That for every Ummah, there is an Amin. And he said, Amin هذه الأمّة Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah. That the Amin of this Ummah is Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah. Umar bin Khattab, he says, If only it were from someone different to you, O Abu Ubaidah. And he says to him, نَفِرُّ مِنْ قَدَرِ اللَّهِ إِلَىٰ قَدَرِ اللَّهِ We are fleeing from the Qadr of Allah or the decree of Allah to the decree of Allah. And Umar bin Khattab had decided to return back to Medina. Abdurrahman ibn Auf then informs Umar bin Khattab in order to settle this situation saying to him, I had heard the Prophet say that when a ta'oon or a plague afflicts a land, then no one should enter it, nor if someone is in it, should he flee from this situation. And so Umar bin Khattab, he was satisfied by this, and he returned back to, to Medina. Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah, who was the Amir at that time of the Muslim army, and the, the governor of Bilad al-Sham, he returns back. And he soon is afflicted by this plague, this disease. And he passes away from it. It is said that he was about 58 years old when he passed away from this disease. Succeeding him is another famous companion, Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu an. And Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu an takes the same approach as Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah because Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah is his senior. And so he sees it fit to take the same approach as Abu Ubaidah. And so he decides to stay and weather the storm and see what comes of it. Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu an, he passes, the, he passes away in, uh, amongst the companions in Bilad al-Sham. And he is only about 30 years old. After that, Amr bin As radiallahu an succeeds Mu'adh bin Jabal as the governor. And he then decides many people have died from this plague that has afflicted us. 
So we will now go and disperse. So he makes the decision to flee to the mountains and he orders his, uh, the other people around him the, from the Sahaba, from the Tabi'een to tafarraqu, to divide and to go head off into the mountains. And there they stay and they, um, and they remained living. Now what's interesting about this incident is a saying from another companion who was alive during this time which was the, a companion by the name of Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu an and he was the governor of Kufa at that time and when news was brought to him that this plague had afflicted the land of Bilad al-Sham and this is what's happening with the companions of the Prophet hundreds uh, were killed by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a result of this plague he said radiallahu an he said what i fear coming from this incident from this calamity is the entering of dangerous ideas and he explains himself he says i fear that someone who does leave the town thinks that if he had stayed he would have died from this disease and someone who does not leave and contracts the disease thinks that if he left he would not have contracted this disease now this is an incredibly important point that Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu an highlights in this statement and it's a point in which has I think been very much lost in this conversation about uh, the coronavirus and what's happening uh, around the world with, it, with this pandemic which is a point about a core concept with regards to our Islamic Aqeedah which is that during these times of crises when we are uh, afflicted by a calamity it is important for us to maintain clarity with regards to our Aqeedah with regards to the concepts that we hold and it's important for us not to have dangerous concepts enter into our minds concepts that like Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu anhu had highlighted which is this overemphasis on the means and not taking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala into the consideration or taking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala into consideration we've seen for example uh, you know, a lot of news reports, advertisements, politicians stating that, you know, we need to social distance 1.5 meters away from each other. We need to maintain hygiene habits. Uh, we need to uh, avoid social gatherings and all of these other necessary precautionary measures. However, when we are constantly being bombarded with these messages we can inadvertently internalize this and think to ourselves that had I not used hand sanitizer had I not gone to this gathering had I not gone to this masjid I would not have contracted this this disease but we know that ultimately it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that decides what thing or what calamity will afflict a person this is we only or our role is to only take the means 
we try our best to do what the Prophet ﷺ had told us with regards to um, you know, not entering a plague-infested area and if someone is there, not exiting. We do all of the things that the Prophet ﷺ had mentioned and also as well, we do all, all of these necessary precautionary measures in, in terms of washing our hands um, often and uh, you know, keeping a distance socially, making sure that we don't enter crowds. We do all of these things, but at the same time, even if, and this is the point here, even if I take all of these necessary precautions, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if He wills, can decide that I will be tested by this disease. And everything is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in the Quran, That no musibah will afflict us except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written it. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, قُلْ لَيُّصِيبَنَا Right, he uses the word musibah, which is translated as affliction, but in the Arabic it comes from the word asaba, which is to hit with precision. Meaning that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides, He decides the time, the place, the person that is going to be afflicted with a certain calamity at a certain time, at a certain place. And what we are seeing now is the precision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His creation. And he has decided this is the way in which this virus will spread And he is in full control of how and when and where And how and for how longer this virus would spread And, and, our, and our role is just to take the means and know That it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is in control of all of this And it is only him subhanahu wa ta'ala that can end this and so in this in this very same ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says after saying that nothing will afflict you except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already written it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says huwa maulana he is our protector he is our protector it is not going to be your hand sanitizer your soap all of these things yes they are they are part of taking the means. They are part of taking the necessary precaution. But this in and of itself is not my protector. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is going to protect me at the end. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَلْيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ And the believers should have their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This tawakkul of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is it is that full dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in all matters In all matters we rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And also taking the necessary precautions It is important during these calamitous times and calamitous periods where we see widespread hysteria that we remain calm and that we don't join in with the bandwagon. The Prophet ﷺ, he says, As-sabru inda awwali sadma That patience is on at the first hit. 
when this crisis began to unfold, we saw what the public en masse were doing. They didn't practice this sabr in the awwal sadma, this patience at the first hit of a calamity. Right? We saw, you know, supermarket aisles being emptied. We saw people rushing to buy loads of toilet paper and all other things, right? But alhamdulillah, but alhamdulillah for this aqidah of Islam, this aqidah of la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, which provides clarity in such situations, which is that my role and my job in times of affliction, in times of calamity, is to have patience and put my trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. During these tough times, I, com- I completely understand and I know that some of us have got it tougher than others. Some of us have lost, lost our jobs, have lost our livelihoods as a result, or business is beginning to slow down, or you know, we know someone that's been afflicted with this, uh, with this disease, and we're worried about you know, traveling to our loved ones in Pakistan, in Indonesia, in other places around the world. All of us have these very natural worries. However, the believer responds by having full trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we know that the end result is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another hadith, or in a hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa mentions and it's a famous hadith that we are all familiar with. This hadith, Al-Mu'min Al-Qawi Khayrun Wa Ahabbu Ilallahi Min Al-Mu'min Al-Da'if Wa Fi Kullin Khayr We know this hadith, it's very much mentioned, we, we hear it uh, often in our khutab, etc. Which is that, you know, the, the strong believer is better and more beloved than the weak believer and in both of them is good. But what we don't know about is, or what we may not be familiar with, is the ending of the hadith, where the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says, "وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٌ فَلَا تَقُلْ لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ كَذَا وَكَذَا وَلَكِنْ قُلْ قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ وَقَدَّرَ اللَّهُ مَا شَفَعَلَ." Where the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says that if an affliction, a musibah is befalls upon you do not say had i had i done this and this or if i had done this and this then this wouldn't happen however say this is the destiny of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he does whatever he wills right and the if that we say in fa'al together if i only had done this or if i only had done that this will open up the doors of the shaitan now one of the things that is in in practical terms that we can derive from this hadith is that we shouldn't be in the in the blame game right we know for example that some masajid had closed earlier than others and that some, uh, you know, some brothers may, uh, you know, uh, uh, consider gathering together, 
right? And what we don't want to be in in um, uh, the position of doing is is blaming uh, certain people and saying that oh look at these people they're gathering. And because they're gathering, they're going to get the coronavirus and they're going to begin spreading it to the rest of society. And it's because of those actions that the virus has spread, because of their ignorance, because they didn't do this, because they didn't do that. That is why the disease has spread. This is not up to us, brothers and sisters in Islam. We see with the example of the companions themselves. Look at Umar bin Khattab. He decides to leave. But Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah performs ijtihad and he decides to stay. The same thing with Mu'adh bin Jabal. He also decides to stay. Whilst others, or whilst Amr bin As, he decided to leave. This was an ijtihadi issue that the companions had adopted and had differed upon. Likewise as well, we should not make this a point of contention amongst us. And indeed, for those who have the correct understanding of the Islamic Aqeedah, knows that this disease spreads only by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and only by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And by blaming each other and trying to point the finger of, um, on each other, we're only showing our lack of understanding with regards to the deen of, of, of Islam to the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In these tough times, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us to the straight path, to keep us firm, to make us from amongst those who adhere to the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Wa sallillahumma wa sallim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala...